0: Hello, welcome to episode 38 of the Therapy Tales podcast, I can't even say that. Therapy Tales podcast with me, Dawn, the human therapist and...
1: The mini therapist and trainer, in <laughs> training. <yeah.
0: laughs> Jess. It's just like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dog trainer in training as a therapist and you're a therapist in training as a dog trainer. I don't know, it's oh, confusing. It would
1: be cool to swap roles, wouldn't
0: it? I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why? Is my job worse than yours? Oh, I <laughs> don't know about worse. I just,
0: yeah, okay. Um, just I
1: need some therapy. <laughs> I, do, I almost cried this morning and I was telling somebody about the, the daily phone calls of dogs that are going to be euthanized or are being euthanized because of behaviors that are really obvious, but they keep being called out of the blue, right? So out of the blue. It's only happened out of the blue and actually when you start asking them or finding or even seeing the dog there's so many obvious things to me in that body language
0: yeah and I think that's what you get for understanding these things isn't it so it's like me when I when I see clients and they start talking about stuff and they're like I don't know what it's about and I'm like you might as well have drawn a picture on a whiteboard for me it's so blooming obvious how everything's linked and they're Mm -hmm. like is it a
1: picture for this is it just me, or did it, was it quiet before we put the thing
0: on? Uh, yeah, it's just Are you trying that
1: new app thing that you said that was background noise was taken um, away? So
0: um, Anchor, Spotify thing, now allows you to edit your audio and remove background noise, so I'm going to try that with when I upload this. Seeing as so I'm in Starbucks, they keep using the coffee machines wrong, and doing that sound with it.
1: I have so many random pictures people send me on WhatsApp, it's so funny. It's a little ice cream that's a panda. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, here it is. this is the one that we can use this as a picture um, on our podcast. On the tile. podcast, but it's really relevant. Like
0: okay, so you can read it if you need to. I'm just re- going to read it out. Um, okay, so it's a very um, psychedelic black and white 3D room. I've the tri- wallpaper's like all well, psychedelic. How do you say that? I've tried ayurveda, oh. meditation, and aromatherapy, but nothing seems to work. I'm still feeling nauseous and disoriented all day. You're right? Yeah. So, so this is this is interesting because. Um, I think we've talked before about the book by Bruce Lipton, Biology of Belief. And so Bruce Lipton was originally a a chemist, I think it was, and he used to do lab work. And he'd be in the lab and his lab supervisor used to bang on at him all the time, it's the environment, stupid. And it was because if you killed the nucleus of a cell, the cell could live for a couple of weeks. But if you put it in a toxic environment in a Petri dish, it would die instantly. And so I have this with clients a lot, if you're in a toxic environment, like you know, you're living at home with parents who are, uh, somebody's narcissistic or you're in an abusive relationship, then I can do all sorts of amazing things, but you're still going to struggle Be because you're in the environment. Yeah. And, and so you have to factor in both yourself and your environment when you're looking at things and this is particularly true when a dog comes to you because a dog is taken out of its environment and you've questioned before you're like you know why can't other people do what I do you know what, what is it that I'm doing differently and I'm like your environment is really unique that a dog comes into
1: can we change my website uh, title D- Dundee Dog Training it's the environment stupid yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> no it's, it's just I always remember it, ever since I I mean the book is like really long and boring and it doesn't get to the point for the first like quarter of it or something like that but you know I always think a book's good if you take something away from it one thing even um, and for me that environment is such a huge factor between who we are and where we are and we get this too mixed up all the time so so we're talking about um, you know the way we see the dogs and you're you dealing with the, the dogs that have aggression issues or as you say you know I don't know, out of the blue he just attacked or he just bit or whatever and and Jess always nods knowingly in a kind of, there is no way it was out of the blue, there are lots of warning signals beforehand. And we
1: sat here with somebody recently whose child was like really badly mauled by a dog, right? Yeah. He's absolutely, um, I mean I, I think PTSD is coming in the next few months and you know, he's absolutely I don't even know what the word is. It's past horrified, like broken, I suppose, about what's happened.
0: I, I actually think it's it's confused. Uh, there must be a more intense word for confused Yeah. because so he's trying to make sense of it the and he same, can't. The
1: same thing as the dog that was dropped off yesterday. You know, the, the man's crying his eyes out. He's like, I, I don't understand what's happened. And, and um, I'm like, well, you know, you're standing here talking to me and the dog's uh, peeing on my car and he's desperate to get into my car because his dog's there and you're moving around the pavement to accommodate what his needs are yeah and so i can tell right now what the dog's state of mind is yeah um which seems really obvious but he's not seeing that right um and then today i had one which was um the dog's uh, going crazy at the back she can't let him out the back just now because he's going crazy at the neighbors anybody walking past so aggressive um and she's not recognizing that when he comes in the house even though he's calm he's still got adrenaline in the system from what's just happened yes so that's where your trigger stacking comes in you know and, and so i'm absolutely terrified at, at christmas and boxing day that we're going to have lots of do- lots of kids and, and well not even just kids human bites too yeah because the dog's going to be trigger stacked so he's not going to get his walk he did that day normally sorry he's not going to get his walk because everything's out of whack right kids are up early unwrapping presents there's lots of screaming and joy dancing around and um, you know people are eating a lot might be dropping food he's probably going to get part of christmas dinner because we were going to give him turkey so all this excitement, all this energy, plus lacking of, of normal routine and walks, mm-hmm. and maybe even lacking a downtime because it's a day where it's, it's you know everyone's at home,
0: different not. people in the house, and, and then the visitors on top of that, different roles, right? And yep, all yep. people,
1: you know, and it's just like so much stress on the body. Even though he doesn't look stressed, he's joining in, and then you've got a bang, something happens, and it might even be the day, day later or another day after that, but something happens because he's his environment has changed so much and the owners haven't seen and tried to so my Christmas Day for my dogs is what? Exactly the same as any other day. They'll get up, they'll get yep. walked at the same time, they'll have the same food, yep. they don't get presents because that's our effing deal, not the dogs, right? <laughs> I'm not saying don't buy presents for your dog. I'm saying try and get the routine the same. Yeah. So that, you know, life isn't stressful for him. Because even even the Excitement it can be a stress of the dog, even if you don't see that it's stressful. Well, dog.
0: exciting and um, anxious are the same physiological thing, right?
1: They are, but we don't see it that way, do we? So no. we see the dog's happy because he's joining in, but actually his system underneath is going, "Whoa, yeah. this is different." So his um, yeah, his system's behaving in a different manner, even though you can't see it. So um,
0: so we've had conversations before where we talk about. Um, The the dog being full on. The problem with the dog being that it's it's full on all the time. You know, it it doesn't get to stand down. It's got a job that it thinks it has to do, so it's lunging. It's kind of jumping up. It's got all of this stuff, and um, and everybody's like, you know, it's just happy to see you it wants to play it wants to do all this sort of stuff and then you can kind of talk about well when does it get its downtime and and it's like well it's got a bed in the corner of the room you know and it's like well that's not its downtime because it still has to be on alert right because in the animal kingdom you don't get to just never have to worry about anything happening you, you don't have that option unless you're a meerkat where you're sleeping in your burrow and there's the guard meerkat out there watching for anything coming down right sacrificial meerkats. Um, which is always an interesting conversation about altruism and survival of the fittest and stuff like that. But, you know, you, you in, in packs in the wild, you have to be guarding all the time for anything that could happen. And even though our fur babies are all fluffy and members of the family, they're still animals with all the animalistic instincts. So if they're not in a safe space in your house, they'll be on at some level. And they'll be used to the rules what works what doesn't work what I do how I'm supposed to behave depending on how structured you are with them and then if you introduce chaos into structure then you ramp up the level of hypervigilance massively because anything so could happen so that,
1: that's the word right And that's the bit people aren't seeing so I actually put a post on embarrassingly this morning about a dog I was driving past and it was brightly coloured and uh, had reactivity on it and um I obviously was drawn to it when I was driving, my eye was drawn to it, and the dog had lovely body language, like really soft, sniffing around, and this is what I consider relaxed posture, right? So the opposite of that would be hyper-vigilant, like you've just said, yep. a bit stressed, looking for, there's a dog across the park three miles away, yeah, yeah. Oh my god.
0: Not looking at the owner at all, always looking around, right? Yeah,
1: so it was actually the opposite, and I, and I smiled to myself going, I wouldn't call that a reactive dog, um, even if you add a dog into the equation at that point, uh, that would be frustration to me rather than reactivity. and. Lo and behold, the woman was coming to see me. She was in the wrong place, so <laughs> I was a bit embarrassed. But um, she was absolutely lovely, and uh, she, her dog was absolutely great. And she said he's never behaved like this around dogs before, you know. And um, yeah, so he's not hyper vigilant. He's not needing to avoid dogs. He's needing for her to be confident enough to have dogs that he yeah. can go with. And that's just you know a cycle that they've got into. Um, but he has had a bite. And then she's telling me that you know in the garden he's behaving this way and, and guarding the couch and things. And and her um, management style was to avoid putting him in the garden and move the yes. couch. And I've now said, no, no, no. <laughs> we teach him what not to do. Yes. We don't avoid, you know. And, and that's a society we've got to now where we're, um, we're not correcting, we're not telling the dog or the children what not to do. Yep. And then we're going, do you know what, we're going to rehome the dog, we're going to put the dog down. And and it's emotionally draining for me. I wish I was the kind of person that could say, I'm not taking this case on, you know, go away. I just can't. I, I have to, you know, help people manage, even if it's to my detriment. Yep. Um, and it's exhausting just now, because it's not like once or twice a year you're dealing with these dogs. It's, um, you know, once or twice a day at the moment. It's just like, wow.
0: And you're always trying to think of, what what can I do? How can I stop this happening in the first place? Well, well the bigger up. picture
1: is, if I can't help everybody, yes. um, because before I could take these dogs in, I can't now, because there's so many of them, there's no way. Um, and so the bigger picture is education, right? Yes. So putting it out there. So one of the things that we're doing is this dog-child safety talk that we've got happening next week uh, leading up to Christmas. And then hopefully in the new year we can do some other ones. Um, And then, you know, the podcast, hopefully people listen, and ideally new owners. I've got this this kind of problem where we've got so many proactive, sorry, um, reactive cases. So after the events, right, we've got so many of these to deal with just now that I'm drowning and I can't even run the puppy classes anymore because we've got people to run the puppy classes but when I'm dealing with owners that are are young uh, dogs and I can see warning signs, they don't want to hear that because they're never going to create a dog that you know they never believe they will and they do all the time because love is the answer, we give love and it'll turn out nice.
0: Yes and that's the thing right, we've said it so many times before it's like dogs that have problems are the ones that have been badly treated and not fairly treated. If you treat a dog well, if you feed it and walk it and give it enough attention you will not have a problem dog but actually those very things that you say are actually the things that cause the problem dog it becomes it it, it shifts dominance you know so the dog sets the rules and with a human if your teenager has a tantrum they go into their room and they slam the door and they listen to their music really loud and they ignore you if a dog wants to kind of have its say because it's not happy it bites yeah. It doesn't have words. It can't go into its room and slam the door. <laughs> it can't do the things that kids would normally do. And you know, young kids hit, right? They they hit when they're young until they learn that it's not okay to hit. And
1: all the dogs that are given up are all teenagers. Yes, and they're all eight teenagers. Years and two years they're years. all teenagers.
0: And so a a teenage dog is one that will chance it to get its own way. It will try and get on the sofa. It will steal food. It will. Um,
1: the volume and it goes, you see, do you not know you do that? Touch the volume button, it just goes
0: off. Yeah, I was just a bit worried about what would happen with the podcast if we start messing with the sound when something was happening, because mm-hmm. the other way it'll go off is if I don't answer it.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Getting turned off by the therapist now.
0: Yeah, who's it? Also a geek. Um, so yeah, so so the 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 teenage dog will be kind of like, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want, you know, sod you. And it has no way. It can't take itself out of the equation. Because you're gonna go, no, come on, it's good, right? Can
1: you imagine and a teenage
0: child doing that and us going, We'll just put it down. <laughs> <laughs> or shut up everybody who's listening, you can't. Um, yeah. But you know we wouldn't we wouldn't do that, you can't do that with a teenager. You can't grab its arm and drag it down and out the door when it's refusing to go. You can have you can lose your temper, you can have a tantrum, you can do bad things, but you can't you don't do that. But with a dog, you would. You would do, you know,
1: do you know what I've never heard about the teenager, though? When parents talking about teenagers having a really hard time and stuff. I've never heard them say to me, it's really guilty afterwards. It looks like it, it knows it's done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear that all the time. Right?
0: Well, actually, they do. They're, they're quite often, the, the problems that our teenagers have is because they feel so bad about their behaviour. But they internalise it and they do all sorts of damaging behaviour. So, actually, it does happen. But, yeah. so the opposite is with the dog so the dog has no way of nowhere safe to go and no way of saying I don't want this and it's going to chance it and then as as I guess reasonable beings if you have a dog that growls at you or looks like it's about to bite you you're gonna back off right you're gonna be like I don't want to I don't want to get bitten by my dog and so it goes oh that works so if you're if you have a three-year-old having a tantrum in a shop and that worked if what you gave in to their tantrum then the next tantrum would be bigger and eventually get to the point where you couldn't stop them having tantrums because it always worked for them. Mm-hmm. And it, actually to break that cycle would be horrible and painful for both of you because you'd have to do some you know, really it's upsetting stuff. Yeah. yeah? So it, the difference with the teenagers and the toddlers and dogs is dogs can only communicate well, see,
1: that's why I was thinking that we should do the sessions together in people's houses because um, you you can describe that with children which makes complete sense right because I need to take that dog away and go right I know that you've, you've scratched your, your lead off or you're not having this on your head your neck or whatever yep. and that's happened for so long now that yep. when, when you have it on it's going to be an outburst
0: yeah yeah
1: and I have to just wait it out and not be upset about that outburst yep. but the owner's don't like
0: them. No, because what you are doing become, to my poor dog?
1: Yeah, I automatically become the bad guy when I'm like, I'm just going to wait for him to stop. I so know, yeah. but he will eventually. Um, and it's not even sometimes that big a deal. It's just, you know, get this off my nose or whatever. And um, I don't have the time to, 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 on my own, if I had the dog living with me, I could take the time to clicker train in to be okay. Yeah. But owners need results now, otherwise they go to another trainer. So you're like, well, I want to be force-free and reward-based, but... I can't because you're going to destroy this dog. I need results now, so I'm going to have to get super tough on this dog. Yeah. So it's this vicious cycle. I hate it. I want to be a, a human therapist.
0: Okay. It's not <laughs> necessarily grass is always greener on the other side know, on this one. I know. I um.
1: know. Okay. Well, the alternative is to get onto one of those websites with the millionaire men. I feel like I'm past that though. Like, you know um,
0: You might need to help people I'm listen to the podcast understand what you're talking about. Oh well,
1: there's these there's these websites you can go on to. Um, Tell men how much you want per month, and then spend time with them. It's basically like prostitution, but in a nice way.
0: Yeah, a permanent relationship prostitution.
1: Yeah, but then that's what I was thinking. marriages right, like. Um,
0: <laughs> Just a theory that marriage men, is Well, men get married
1: to have their washing like done. And okay, that might be um,
0: a, a little bit of a generalisation.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> But Men mostly do need looked after. Is like it? Is it? That you moment. said you wanted to be a therapist. Is that what you said <laughs> right? can, can I be a professional criticizer?
0: Probably. There's probably a role out there for that. <laughs> well,
1: hang on. We, we had a, we had a term this week for me: a provocative therapist. Oh,
0: provocative therapist. That's when was, you we, when you get
1: to be critical and push people's buttons and they Frank pay you for somebody
0: it. or other. And was they pay the you for that. A provocative therapy. And yeah, just like
1: a dominatrix. Just, you uh, went to
0: the next level on this one, right, I have okay. to say. So you went well, straight the word to provocative
1: dressing. is kind of sexy. Though. You
0: would actually make a load of money, though. <laughs>
1: I'm a provocative
0: <Yay>. therapist, stretched <laughs> like a dominatrix. I mean, really, if you want to make some easy money, I think you'd probably get that.
1: <laughs> As I say, 20 years too old now, right?
0: <laughs> How do we get from dogs to that? I have I no know. idea. Sh- yeah. Should
1: I write that in the summary? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should
0: definitely go in the summary. You should listen to this. To learn what a provocative dominatrix therapist is. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's this this core assumption that animals will be great, dogs will be great, unless they're treated badly. And actually the opposite is true in many ways. The better you treat them in human terms, the more problems you're likely to have. They need boundaries, they need safety, and that's why the Christmas Day thing is they need to know how things work. You know, you look at the autistic traits of not liking change, I always say cats are autistic because they really don't like change and they're super jumpy about everything. It's like it amazes me that a predator, you know, a jumpy animal like that shouldn't be a predator. But anyway, <laughs> they don't like change. You move something and they don't like it. And and I think animals are often like that. They know they need to know how things work. And again, you have to bear in mind that they don't have a language that we speak they only have certain tools available to them. So if we think about um,
1: <coughs> um, predation, right, this is, um, so predation from a cat's perspective, it's quite topical because there's a trainer that's just put out um, the dogs aren't prey animals and predations and all nonsense and stuff. All right. Okay. So yeah, it's quite it's quite topical at the moment. So um, a cat's a predator and it needs to be alert for change yes. because um, any tiny little movement could signify something it could chase to eat or danger, right? So naturally hypervigilant of anything that it could it would help it survive. I'm thinking about human predators now. Okay. Right. So a human, like, let's go with a, a murderer. Did they need to be super hyper vigilant? Is that predation?
0: No, because um, so so so. Let's take a herd animal. A herd animal needs to be aware, like hyper vigilant all the time, because survival is about knowing that something's coming to get you and running away really fast yeah or hiding super well like meerkats or something like that right so um you know so so that is a state of lots of threat around you at all times while you're eating you're under threat potentially a predator doesn't have quite the same level of hypervigilance in terms of other predators but it has a need to eat and survive which means that you have to take every opportunity to hunt something yeah and you have to be very good at spotting weakest ones and things like that and sing- singling them out and things like that a human because of the way society's evolved has neither of those risks in their day-to-day life we have food in our cupboards we are not so in danger situation
1: risks only emotional risks the're, yeah or the, the perceived risks.
0: risks well the primitive risks in terms of our brain still thinks we're back in the caveman days but their perceived risk—they are the risk of getting hurt emotionally. There's no real risk of suddenly being attacked in your normal day-to-day life. There's no risk of not having enough food. There's no lack of safety while you eat, unless somebody nicks something off your plate. In which <laughs> case, you know. With some people well, they get Well,
1: I mean, you them. know, in South Africa, um, people are more um, vigilant about strangers because you know, murder is rarer. Uh, sorry, it's more common and. Um, theft and stuff like that is yeah, normalised. So, so certain
0: places, so in, in, in parts of South Africa, you would have to live behind gates, behind security walls and things like that, and you, your car could be hijacked at any point in time. So, a human living in South Africa is going to have all sorts of measures around their car, for example. So somebody and I was talking to about that
1: um, a few years ago was telling me how, what life was like and, and how it took a while to relax here and when after she told me that I started to lock my car but time I got into it yes. for a few months
0: no, my car automatically <laughs> locks which is is that,
1: is that sympathy or vigilance no it, it's, it's
0: you have a heightened sense of awareness for a period of time that tends to fade out when there's nothing that challenges it when you realise it, it. Yeah, um,
1: yeah so anyway back to sexual predator right <laughs> so somebody who's like a murderer. I don't I, the sexual I don't from? know where the sexual friends that's came cute. from. In the
0: same way as when we talked provocative therapy, you went to the dominatrix, right? Wow. that's The way yeah. your brain works. Weird associations. Yeah.
1: Um, so somebody who's singling out someone to to um, murder or prey on, um, there must be something in the brain that is like a, I'll say an urge, but some kind of trigger um, that's going. This is. This
0: is what, you know, this is what well, make me feel good. There's different types of murder. Um, <laughs> yes. There are different types of murder. I was thinking
1: more like psychopathic murder. Yeah,
0: so you're thinking serial killer murder. Yeah, I am. Which is murder for the sake of killing. Uh huh. As opposed to murder like for. Like a bitch that needs scratch, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is a, a very small subset. And. Um, so most murder has reason Tell yeah well most murder is is circumstantial which, we talk situational is really
1: free then like i was thinking like somebody's stalking a victim somebody who's you know building a profile yeah it's not praying
0: it's not the same thing okay it's it's situational or it's um, psychopathic
1: yeah i'm just wondering what the response is in the brain process you know if there's that
0: um, we really don't have as humans anything like that anymore, unless we're in well, certain well circumstances. What I've
1: heard before is, like, uh, paedophiles have got um, their, their synaptic um, responses close to sexual. Have you <coughs> that as well? Um,
0: no, not specifically. Synapses
1: like are sitting so close together they can, they're almost confused.
0: I do think there are certain things that are hardwired physical programming errors, that not programming errors, they're hardwired errors, they can't be fixed by programming. Okay. Like so you've not worked with
1: a pedophile yet like we I would we need find you one to <laughs> try and reinvent no we don't
0: <laughs> I actually I have I have a colleague a fellow therapist who works um, in prisons and works with sex offenders okay right, I think that takes some level of person to be able to do that
1: but surely it's the same sympathy as you'd have for somebody
0: who's my personal belief is there's a, there's a hard hardwire problem in certain types of people like serial killers I wouldn't work with a serial killer Okay. you know I also can't work with somebody who's schizophrenic because there's a hardwiring issue and I'm just going to play into that right schizophrenia is like hearing voices and so at what point
1: do we know we're hardwired and at what point do we know so
0: Mo- <laughs> most people can be reprogrammed yes. I, I have in my experience and observation kind of distilled certain things into what I think are hardwired I don't think I've found Anybody? Maybe one, possibly person in the 1500 plus people I've worked with that I would say um, there was something physical wiring that it won't make any difference what I do. Wow. Everybody else, it's just been software. So how do I
1: know who I am?
0: Okay, this was uh, uh, a just like such a smooth segue into sense of self that you know. If I hadn't called it out, nobody would have noticed, right? No.
1: <laughs> this podcast was meant to be about sense of self. But we I have been about dog stuff today. talking
0: about sense of self for yes, well over a week. We're so sick we, of it now. We, Well, we, we actually <laughs> have to apologise because we, we, we keep on saying we should be recording this, but we've been exploring ourselves in our sense of self thing. And so we often get a bit too personal to share in a podcast, so we've ended up not recording these things. So now you're getting our kind of three-quarters of the way through our discussion stage.
1: But to be fair, nobody will be able to keep up with us when we're speaking initially <laughs> about it and exploring it. So I think we've kind of got more of a conclusion now, which we can That's share. So a little
0: easier. So, so let's just, just clarify. Sense of self is how do I know who I am? Self-awareness is thinking about how I know who I am. I, there's kind of a difference. So a lot of people are not very self-aware. They're happy going through their life. They don't realise that different things affect them in different ways. Um, that would be an NPC. An NPC, <laughs> non-player character in in, uh, in Justice World. Um, and they can get
1: pissed off though. They and don't they tend to, to be in our social everywhere. circle, yeah. and they're, they're <laughs>
0: unlikely to be listening to this podcast Yay. because people who are thinking about thinking are the ones that listen to podcasts like this. Yeah. So, um, so it's okay. It's not you. It's fine.
1: Um, (laughs) except Rob he's definitely an (laughs) NPC
0: now you're not allowed to slag off Rob in our podcast because he's our number one fan well actually Chelsea's our number one fan (laughs) so shout out to the number one fans woohoo but so sense of self is how do I know who I am so um, if I was to describe myself to anybody else well most of us would describe ourselves first physically secondly we would probably describe what's missing and what we're not very good at and then most people would maybe at a Porsche get to some of the qualities they have. And the preamble to that is that if you um,
1: are asking someone to describe you, you tend to get a different response than you expected, and if you ask, it's really an an interesting experiment to do, ask people from different circles, so your friends, your family, your work colleagues, to describe you in three words and it's super interesting the feedback that you get. And then Don told me about um, uh, an artist that was drawing for the police who didn't get to see the person that he was um, having to draw, and the person described themselves, and then their friends described. was well, the even their friends;
0: it was stranger.
1: Okay, and the better drawing came out from the strangers that described the person rather than the person themselves, which is super interesting. So, if I am not what I think I am because of, um, you know, who, who I'm projecting. Yep. And if I'm not who I look like, I look like because of what. I think Everybody I look sees like. different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then who am I?
0: Yeah. So, so when you think about yourself, you think about how you react, how people will interpret who you are. You know, where does that come from, and how is it formed, um, and how much of it is actually true? And how much do
1: you believe? How much do you
0: believe? And and that's the thing about believing our thoughts and believing our truths, right? And and um, you know, something that philosophers and things have been discussing for forever, pretty much. And Nobody has a real conclusion on it, but whenever psychology tries to look at it they approach it from a Consciousness kind of point of view and they they approach it from a how do I know myself as an individual entity separate from other people? So I think we've, we've talked about the mirror mark test and that ability to say you're a different person to me um, So psychology can't get to the bottom of how do I know who I am what sort of person I am dogs don't appear to have consciousness yes and dogs you know just um, live in the present or (gasps) with the past experience
1: are dogs NPCs (laughs) (laughs) kind of are NPCs really
0: by your definition (laughs) but you know if you think about yourself and you think about who you are you're probably going to focus on the things that you don't think are particularly good about yourself the things that you would like to be different for, you know. So, so quite often, you know, we'll hear people say, "Oh, you know, I can't keep up with you." you just, like you just said, you know, I can't keep up with you. Um, or that person's more witty and, and more funny. Or that person's just far brighter than I am. Well, how do you define that? Who, who's the person that says they are brighter than you? They're more funny than you. They're sharper than you. <laughs> or are you just comparing in this situation at this point in time? I observed that I didn't match them or my one of my parents always said to me you know so one of the things that parents quite often say is oh you're so clumsy you're so clumsy you know and, and I, I've had clients that have grown up the whole life believing they're clumsy well what actually is clumsy you know and, and then if you think you're a clumsy person how do you live your life differently than if you think you're not a clumsy person what do you avoid doing if you believe yourself to be a clumsy person that you wouldn't avoid otherwise. We should totally read my school reports together. Alright, okay. I think I have my school reports as well, but they always just said mature for our age.
1: Mine said, um, very intelligent but needs to apply herself. Really? Like, all the time. Do you know I was like ADHD kid, like teachers, oh, tiny thing, tiny thing.
0: Teachers are the so worst responsible, right? for forming your sense of self.
1: Ooh, that's good, yeah. They, I
0: mean, so often, exactly things like that. They'll put things in a school report.
1: How do I apply myself, Don? How do I do that?
0: You, <laughs> you don't need to, right? All they mean is you don't fit this definition of being able to sit and pay attention to one thing for a fixed amount of time in the way they want you to. That's all that says. And most school reports tell you that the teacher's not very good at what they do. That's all the school report says is, you know, when they say you're, you're not you know doing enough homework or something it's like you're not teaching me well enough so that I understand it without doing extra homework you know you can reinterpret everything so it's,
1: it's actually a teacher report rather than a yeah, it report it should
0: be a teacher report it's like a interesting so this is what so um, my kid when um, when they bring the school report home what I'm looking for is did they show up did they engage did they do their homework generally as much as they should have done although that's kind of lower um <laughs> I'm not looking for how brilliant they were in class, but what's really interesting is one term, I can have like a math teacher say, they showed up, they asked questions, they did their homework, everything was good, and then the next term reports will say, they're not engaging in the class, they're not getting their work done. And I'll say, is that the same teacher? And it'll be no, it'll be a different teacher. So with different teachers on the same subject, my kid is judged as being a very different child yeah so the school report should say I let your kid down this this term I wasn't able to help them understand stuff (laughs) but they never do
1: okay so we should um, on our personal development uh, group on Saturday mornings we should uh, get them all to bring their school reports oh that'd be really
0: interesting wouldn't it (laughs) so this is the, the Saturday chat that we have after we've done our three hours of dog walking we just sit in Starbucks and and just talk through everything, and it's end up in really interesting places. Um, but yeah, this whole idea of who I am is usually formed by the way I've been treated that has led me to believe that I'm this person. And kind of the earlier those things happen, the more of a default sense of self it is.
1: So um, I've been playing around recently with the thoughts of, um, you know, all the parts of us, right? So there's the part of us that. Um, looks the way we do. Yeah. So if I were to completely change how I look, but still have the same brain and, and series of events that formed the brain, would I still be me? Yes. Is that a
0: yes? Well, yes you would, I think. But you've said you've been playing around with it, so that means you have your own conclusion.
1: No, I think I wouldn't. I think that i feel like a different person if I looked different. So or act like a different person. So is my behaviour, my personality or is it my physical or is it my thoughts my core yeah am I my thoughts am I my behaviour am I my physical
0: so you know when we did that really interesting experiment with you it was because you were using certain words to describe yourself I would never have used to describe you yeah and you're you were adamant that that's how people saw you so i said well i'll just go and ask everybody on the walks <laughs> to give me three words to describe you i know uh-huh. people are moving chairs and squishing the machines and doing everything that's annoying me um and, and, <laughs> and we still come here we still <laughs> we did try what are they doing this like do in this a
1: party a chair moving party. chair moving
0: party um so nobody said even remotely the same words that you used to describe yourself
1: yeah therefore i'm wrong about who i think i am yes and therefore i change some stuff about my face and feel like a different person and act like a different person a little bit a little bit so um my personal journey is to see if we can over time change the personality and therefore not be me <laughs> so rob argued that you're still you a different version of yourself.
0: Yes, and I think the tricky thing is, I think you can have extremes. And I think you're at one extreme, which is actually you're pretty comfortable being you. You know, if we put that in quotes, the the idea but, which of which is I'm the best type of person to, to do this experiment. Well, yeah. So, but you're unusual. It's, it's ugly the looks. I'm giving them look. It's the yeah. woman cleaning and tidying oh, up. So she's putting all the chairs back where they belong. Well, like, don't you know we're recording a damn podcast? We need <laughs> one of these kind of recording studio. Now in session, lights over us. It's a
1: flash. Like, Shut
0: yeah. up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, that allows you to experiment with the difference external appearance makes, uh, releasing your inner Florence and all those sort of things. Um, as long as you're being as self-aware as you possibly can and have come to that realization that you are not what you thought which I think you kind of have come to, so that allows you to experiment more. And also, you know, we've talked about the fact that an experiment is allows for failure, therefore no steps in the experiment should be permanent because if you find it doesn't make any difference you should be able to revert to type. <laughs>
1: so no boob job, is that what you're saying?
0: I dunno, I don't know that anybody <laughs> noticed you had a boob job, sorry and all that.
1: <gasps> so um, factors that uh, make me me. So like I think I'm, I'm probably quite generous and kind. And if I wanted to change that and I decided to not be generous and kind and be selfish and mean.
0: I think that is a quality that you yeah. couldn't change.
1: I think
0: it is. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you ever tried playing a computer game where you have the option of playing the yeah, bad we, guy, or the, guy. or the good guy?
1: Yeah. Alright yeah. oh, okay yeah yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> It's really hard. So you have games like, um, I like Fable I learned like I was
1: racist in that as well. <laughs> I couldn't kill a black guy. We've been through enough. White guys so, fine. <laughs> kill them all.
0: So so certain computer games um, allow you the possibility to influence the way the story goes by behaving in different ways and um, so for example, Fable, the Fable series, you can be good or evil, and so you can kick chickens and be evil, and and you can make choices that are evil choices, and you know, your goal is to get all of one or all of the other, so the game's geared up for that.
1: And so what happens to me in that is, um, it feels like a release, it's like a punching bag but the consequences are deeper set so it it affects me like morally. Yes, (laughs) it's really hard
0: to do and you kind of the longer you try the more you start feeling very uncomfortable, there's a dissonance there. So I don't think if you're talking about qualities such as generosity, kindness and caring that you can change those things because I think they're your core qualities you can behave in a way that denies them so you could be aware that you're a generous person you could feel that you get screwed over for being generous and then you could choose to behave in a way where you don't listen
1: if you're self-aware
0: if you're self-aware if you're self-aware you could choose not to listen to the thoughts that say oh i'll just buy that for them and just go no i get screwed over every time i do that i'm not going to do it it doesn't stop you having the thoughts but it means that you don't necessarily act on it
1: so, I'm going to go a little bit deeper with this, so sorry if I lose everybody. <laughs> I'm not, because they're
0: all clever, people listen to us. That'll be fine. Um, I'll check the dropout rate. How far are we in? This so is 38, point, 38 and a half minutes, right? Awesome. So if, and if the listeners drop off at this point, we, we know what we'll, we'll so We've gone too out. far.
1: So, um, if generosity is a core strength of mine, yes. or any other person, it's likely that that was given to me uh, from a young age by my parents who showed me how to be generous or who behaved generously themselves and I and I imitated that behaviour and you're suggesting that because it's a core quality it would be very hard to change that because you'd have that dissonance and you'd have that that, an internal argument with yourself Um, but it probably is able to be changed with a bit of work and a bit of um, because somebody who wasn't generous could probably learn
0: right Even so though it would be
1: hard and I'm talking about you know, before this is related to what you said about schizophrenia and you know, things that are such a deep level but you'd have to want to change wouldn't
0: you so a you'd have to want to B I don't agree that you learn to be generous by observing your parents so you think I was born that way? yeah I think it's a core trait I think it's it's a quality that you have that you may or may not have had opportunities to execute on and you may have also learned through upbringing that it doesn't serve you to be generous either explicitly somebody saying you know look out for yourself because nobody else is going to look out for you or words to that effect mm-hmm. so it could be overridden by conditioning in childhood Okay. but I don't think it's necessarily if you didn't have the generous traits, that observing generous parents would change. Interesting.
1: So, um, give me evidence from serial killers, so we- <laughs> Who have
0: we have established have wrongly wired brains.
1: Well, we well, they all seem to come from bad backgrounds, like- No, you know.
0: they don't. They, well-
1: They've all got screwed up parents, don't they? But
0: all people with bad backgrounds don't become serial killers.
1: Yes and serial killers with
0: bad backgrounds like take Fred West yes he was he had a bad background but he wasn't a serial killer until he got brain damage
1: oh. ah
0: okay. okay so serial killers is a small subset a very small subset of people where we happen to have observed that they either had brain damage or a bad background that tied in with that kind of perfect so you don't mix. think that could be retrained no wow. No, I don't. I think I think that's the whole psychopath test and everything. So
1: you have people come along to you that say, you know, I've, I've broken my therapist. My therapist says that I'm, I'm like my, my story is so shocking that they have cried or whatever, right? And you, you work with those people. Yeah. What point then would you have somebody that you're like, uh oh, how would you know?
0: I never have so far, and I've seen over 1,500 people in the last nine years. Mm-hmm. Um in fact you know not wishing to diminish anybody but most things distill into something remarkably simple that i can see exactly where it came from and it's usually a consequence of something happened that left them believing something about themselves that was then reinforced continually through the rest of their life and then they weren't once they had the filter in place they couldn't see anything outside of the filter yeah but the difference is my work with my client in changing that first moment where they learnt that about themselves When I clear that, the filter goes away and they can start seeing. So they can start seeing the partner that's been with them and has always supported them. And they go, oh, yeah, they've always said that, but I just never believed them before. And then they start believing them and hearing them.
1: Because they don't have that. (laughs) Yes, I've I've got that example. I'm not going to say it just now because i want to work through it because it's still kind of like, whoa, to me. Um, But I will mention it when I figure it out, (laughs) which is really (laughs) confusing. But, um, yeah, it's like this whole... What, how would the world look if I didn't believe that?
0: Yeah. So so when I first started therapy with um, the guy who changed my life, early with therapy, um, he used to say, who would you be if? And I, I've always found that actually quite annoying because I don't know. I've never been the version of me. Like, the version of me I am today is very different from the version of me i well, was six months ago and i could never have predicted what it felt like to be this version of me but what i can do is i can track back and go i remember what it was like i remember when it felt like this so i, I can keep track of progress but, but i can't, can't predict go
1: forward so you no. can't say i would be happier
0: no because it's too alien to me the concept wow. of what it feels like to be happier yeah. i have never experienced so
1: how do you give somebody hope that can that, that experience is the same as that with you? I, I don't
0: find a huge amount of people but i don't do the who would you be if so okay. I do She's the that. yeah. So I look at um, rate of change. So I'm, I kind of make sure they notice how different they are now to how they were. You know, even if things have got worse, you're saying, well, you know, last year you wouldn't have known anything about this year. And if we spoke to you last year, they would have said something very different, right? Or they wouldn't have believed this was possible. Or they would have thought whatever. You know, so so I focus on evidence rather than projection because I think projection is really hard. Because you just th- so there's towards and away from people most people are away from I don't want to be feeling like this I don't want to be in this place I can't do this anymore I need to be different towards people are aiming for something I want to be a better version of myself I want to, to be this kind of person I want to be able to achieve these things towards people are really unusual away from people are, w- are far more usual okay so you can't talk to an away from person about where they want to go yeah because that's not yeah. what they've been thinking about all their life so who would I be if I think is, um, is it's a good technical well, that's exercise? That's
1: where I'm stuck just now. I'm like, I feel like we could be anything. And you, well, I guess after this conversation, I'm thinking there might be some some things that are so hardwired that it would be difficult to change. And I'm quite curious about that, what it would be in me.
0: Yes, I know, and that, that is it, it. Comes back to who would you be if? So who would you be if you were not generous and you were not kind? and I think you would i have
1: more money like literally <laughs> more money all that money I've wasted over the last years <laughs> not wasted I mean I been. no and, and actually you know you can
0: you can do the kind of karma and comes back in abundance and things like that right you can do that sort of stuff but you know it is really hard to take yourself out of to identify Everything what makes is a you is how about that ha. it's true <laughs> you probably wouldn't have the same social circle that you have the same and connections I get some new ones Well, you might feel more lonely. You might feel more alone. Because, you know, things that create connection are feeling good for giving and seeing somebody, um, helping somebody out. That can make us feel really good. And if you're not the sort of person that makes you feel good and you don't help anybody out, then you end up with a different social circle around you. And sometimes less because people don't want to hang around with a person like that.
1: I think for me, it's... um, if we can change things, then what's the little things that we can change?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not the big things, like I'm quite happy remaining generous and kind. I mean, that seems like kind of all right. I'd go with that. Um, the little things, but then it needs other people to reflect that back at you it because does. you don't know the little things you that don't. you do, right? So,
0: behaviours and thoughts, I think, are the things that we can change.
1: So, people have said this year a lot to me the word abrupt <laughs> yes. and direct. Yes. And the public find that a negative thing. Yeah. And my friends find it a wonderful thing. I need to find a balance of that somewhere in between
0: yes so different modes for different situations
1: yeah
0: it's also you know and and, and again self awareness is critical to that because you can't you could just go I'm an abrupt kind of person it's who I am take it or leave it right you could go this is the sort of person I, I can't am.
1: say that because I'm nobody I'm nothing I'm everything so I know therefore I know. I could do anything yes so um when you, so- when you were talking there, I was thinking about masks. So if you're saying in different roles, um, I could take on different um, behaviours. <laughs> that was the right word. Um, so that would be a mask then. So this is a public mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I am my Florence, my version of you know, who Florence is, and hello everybody. Your dog is wonderful, and you're a beautiful person. Blah blah blah. Right? <laughs> Way overboard. Yeah. Um, so. I forgot where I was going with that the, the roles that we take on in different situations does, oh, the question was does that make you more self aware if you've got different masks yeah
0: or? I think so I think being aware you've got different masks in the first place and that they're necessary so
1: if I take you back to when between you were t- 20 and 30 and you were in that um, you know business role where you were yep. leading teams and so on um, that mask that you had was that um, self awareness
0: I wasn't aware it was self-awareness, but it was self-awareness. So I, you know, (laughs) exactly. I know. So um, a double, (laughs) double negative. Um, I recognized, I recognized at kind of 18, 19 years old that nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew what was going on in my head. Okay. Right. So I had, I had self-awareness to realize by a series of events that hey, nobody actually knows anything about me, which means I can actually be whoever I want to be
1: are you suggesting that self-awareness as a scale
0: as a scale
1: as a scale yeah you can become more self-aware yeah. so you had a self-awareness but you weren't aware
0: but of I was self-aware
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wasn't doing it I wasn't doing it consciously I just had stumbled across a particularly effective approach uh-huh. to get through um, a difficult time.
1: Okay, because what I'm suggesting is a lot of people wear masks for different for different things. Yeah, and I think
0: I think it's healthy and it's a normal part of fitting into society. But
1: you don't have to necessarily be self-aware to wear the mask. I think you, being more self-aware of which mask is appropriate when is gonna stops you
0: making it being about something being wrong with you, uh-huh. and allows you to go. I just need to choose the right mask.
1: That's good. I like that
0: because I think one of the problems that we have is we go I don't fit in so there's something wrong with me I'm not as good as this person so there's something wrong with me I don't look like this person so there's something wrong with me
1: well I might suggest that if a person's got several masks and they're very different behaviors they might internalize that as I don't know who I really am because I'm different people to different people yes they
0: also might Think that I really hope it, you're following this because yeah. this is
1: even me. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it also means that they don't feel they can ever be themselves because there's some often something wrong with themselves, the person they perceive themselves to be, that they always have to wear a mask. Right. And what we've talked about is, um, in order to put a mask on, to make a mask up that allows you to interact in the same way that we're interacting now, you have to. Have that, that takes court. a lot, right? Yeah. You, you, you can't just do that easily. To know every situation and how to react. So actually, the mask version of you is far more accurate than the version that you think you are inside. Right. The thing you're hiding from. Yeah, the shadow. Okay, like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so the
1: masks themselves are not a negative, but it's no. being aware of the masks and also knowing your true self, <laughs> which doesn't really exist anyway. So you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it's it's changed. I mean, like. We were, we were talking about Myers-Briggs, weren't we, you know, the kind of personality testing the ENFJ and INTP and all these sort of things yes. um, and most people have done a Myers-Briggs profile at some point. There's loads of them online if you want to look at them. Um, I had to
1: do one for a job.
0: Yeah. They quite often use it to pre-select yeah, we people for jobs but actually, you know, my Myers-Briggs profile has changed over the years because um, they ask if you, are you most this, are you most that in different situations, well, I've changed a lot, <laughs> you know, the last 10 years. I'm a very different person, and so I can genuinely be comfortable in a situation that I would never have been comfortable in before. And that, in when asked questions like that, make me look like an extrovert where I am more an introvert, which is about energy. I
1: have no idea if I'm an extrovert or an introvert.
0: An extrovert and an introvert are dead simple. An extrovert is somebody who gains energy from being around other people. I do. And an introvert loses that. energy. <laughs> <laughs> we well, can be both. We'll I create don't. a new word for you. You're just a birch. <laughs> You're not extra or intro, I'm, you're just first. I'm naive. <laughs> <laughs> IEJ. Yeah. So, yeah, um, and, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter, it's like, so what, it's such It's like doesn't matter. Well, I, we all like to have labels, don't we? Yeah, we, we? do. We like to know how...
1: I want to be fluid. And I but want not on a sexual level. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Why do you
0: always go <laughs> I don't know. Always ends up as <laughs> sexual. Labels,
1: that's where the labels thing, like, sits most at the moment, right? It's like, what are you? Who are you? Are you a she, he, they? Do you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. But well, that's not just, they That's they not sexual, that's, that's gender. That's a whole different conversation. Oh God.
1: Right, that's next time.
0: Yeah, so, so it's like, you know, so the, I think the, it comes down to thoughts and behaviours, and how much you feel you have to change yourself to be able to exist. Yeah. To be able to exist in your relationships to be able to exist in work or different situations and how you feel you have to change yourself because there's something wrong with the version of you that you would naturally be and that version of you that you naturally are where does that come from
1: i would like to find out from people what like a survey
0: okay <laughs> survey says
1: uh-uh. how many people are happy with who they are
0: okay well there's a poll
1: um, that we can put on Spotify. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, Let's do
0: it. And, and uh, you know that it automatically sticks a question on, so I will make Let's the question: yeah. Are you happy with who you are? How many people do you expect, as a percentage, to say they are happy with who they are? Probably not a lot. Uh, maybe 40, 30 or 40%. That's not a lot to you. <laughs> I'm like. Is that a lot? Yeah, I'm like 10%, oh, right. 5%, 0.1%. A lot would be more
1: than 50, surely.
0: Who are happy with who they are? Yeah, yeah not in this context. I I think it would be unusual for somebody to be able to say I'm happy with who I am without going except I'd like to change this or when I'm doing this or somebody to sit and say I am actually happy with who I am as a person. I'm going to write this down. Okay. Here's a question. Are we
1: ever going to run out of conversation? Because we can just keep going
0: forever. Well, it seems not because whenever we talk you just kind of go we should do a podcast on this. So... um, (laughs) We have all sorts of interesting explorations. I know. I'm and sadly I, I do need to apologise because we've had some great conversations. And this is a précis of our conversations. Yeah. Literally this, because you can imagine us exploring self-awareness, but you have to go into so much, well, what does it mean for me? And and, and we, we've got stuck a lot of the time. We haven't really got to any conclusion level, so... Well, I have. Oh, I
1: just sent you that, side Yeah, I have. Yeah. Like, my conclusion is that um, I am nothing. And, and it could be anything.
0: Yes. Well, there is confusion. that, but I, I think the, the one that was been interesting for me is this um, tripping over. We know behaviours are different from identity, but the idea of thoughts being different from identity. But you always say you're not your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. They're random, lying to you most of the time things, and I have a unique advantage and I can ignore my thoughts. But our thoughts seem to be interesting. That means there's nothing bad or good inherently in thoughts, it's just if you have a choice, You can choose which ones you listen to and which ones you don't.
1: That's the question, right? Do we have a choice of who we are?
0: Which is a a deeper (laughs) question, right? So do do. we have a choice and can we change it? (laughs) We But we can change behaviours.
1: And and our thoughts and our personality. So So, so
0: some thoughts you're going to have, right? So um, driving along, some little oik of a kid decides to dance in the middle of the road to impress a girl that's standing on the pavement. Right? Yeah. And my thought is, I wish I could run him over.
1: (laughs) That's so kind and generous of you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not the sort of person, I would never run him over. I know enough about thoughts to know that I don't have to believe that thought. It's just in an alternative universe, I wish I could run him over because he's just being a little oik and that would show him. (laughs) Well, no, he'd be dead. Now, I. I could say I'm a generous, kind and caring person and therefore I'm not going to have thoughts like that. (laughs) But I'm going to have thoughts like that. I'm going to swear at people in my head. I'm going to have thoughts like that. I'm going to call people idiots. I'm going to do all of that stuff because that's just the way it is. But that doesn't actually mean anything about who I am because I know that I don't have to respond to those thoughts. Okay. So I can have thoughts and they can be meaningless thoughts in the same way as you will always judge people when you first meet them. First six seconds, you will judge them. That doesn't. With normal people, you don't then change the way you deal with that person based on what you've judged. You don't kind of. You, you kind of are still open-minded enough to then talk to them and see. And so but that's training. Because if we were back if we
1: were animals, we would be judging and responding appropriately. Yes. Which is what they do.
0: Because we future pace, and animals don't future pace. So we animals deal with past and present, and that's it. We deal with past, present, and what's this going to mean? And what will happen next? And if I do this, then this will happen, and I'll feel this way. Okay. So that's the difference between us and them. But the dif- a lot of people don't realise that that's a variable. They think that's a fix.
1: Yeah, that's the, the whole por- purpose of this podcast, isn't it? That we're not fixed, that we can change, except if you're a serial killer. Uh, <laughs> yes,
0: we've established that. <laughs>
1: um, and it's hard, but... It's the... That's the, that's the thing though right because I can I can future pace and I can say okay so I would like to try to behave like that mm-hmm. right yeah and I do it with my dogs as well so I wanted Tuzi my chow chow to be a therapy dog and I knew the steps I needed to take to get her to be super friendly and relaxed and sociable and I got that yeah but that was thinking about um, the future and yeah. how, how I'm going to get to that point and the same with my, my personality just now so you know there's things that I want to um, change so I want to be less direct less abrupt and how am I going to do that and I've got a, a plan so if you're saying that a lot of people aren't future based if they're um, stuck in thinking about what's happened before and recently the conversation we had with um, somebody always bring it back to what's happened mm-hmm. so this is cause of my childhood and so on um, how do we help people think about
0: and, and that's so the first step is always awareness to listen to the podcast yeah this is the podcast <laughs> um, you've, and awareness then leads you to choice the so what okay right so now I'm aware I'm aware that, that I do that maybe that's okay right if it's not getting in the way of your life it doesn't matter but if you've got stuff that's causing you a problem the so what could be this is where the answer lies I need to do something with this so so don't believe your bullshit
1: yeah, don't believe your own thoughts, yeah. yeah.
0: And it, it's it's easy to believe it, but don't believe your bullshit. And, but if it's not causing a problem, carry on, off your tool.
1: A, a brilliant thing that's happened on the, the, this has come from the dating stuff, because you get asked the same questions and then, um, you know, that your rhetoric comes in. It becomes a habit, right? Yeah. And you say it over and over and over. And that's the kind of stuff that is like your firm belief and your opinions, that's the stuff I'm looking at and going, why do I believe that? Where does that come from? And can I change that?
0: So, there is an exercise um, that I do with some clients sometimes, um, which is based on tapping, uh, which is a, a method of interrupting brain patterns in my world. do Dawn massively oversimplifying tapping. The EFT practitioners will be like mortified. Um, you know
1: what I love? Just sorry. When you're teaching me something, you look at me, but when you know you've already taught me it, you look at the phone because you're teaching them. <laughs>
0: I've done her already. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Get caught up in your microphone. Um, tapping. So so you know, I talk about tapping for, for dealing with emotions, but there's a method of tapping which is a brain reprogramming tapping, which is a clear down for limiting beliefs. So you're starting with your limiting beliefs and it's like a four step approach and the first step is just stating them just tapping while stating you know even though i believe that i'm not good enough even though i believe that nothing ever works out for me even though i believe i'm clumsy whatever you just you kind of get them out there and it's really cathartic to state these things and and actually kind of admit to them and kind of confess these things almost but you always kind of end with but even though i believe that i'm open to the possibility that i might change and then you start nudging it and start going even though this feels true it's also possible that something else might be true. And then you keep going, and the fourth step, you kind of embody it, you kind of go, even though I believe this thing, I am curious to see what happens next when I change it. And you just kind of do this lovely clear down exercise, where you go from this kind of intense state of acknowledgement through to, yeah, but even though that's true, I can still do things and I'm still gonna change and I'm still gonna use it, so it becomes something you utilize. And I've done it with a few clients where I had one client who felt like she just had a really deep massage. She was just like, oh, (laughs) you know, and it just, it's a really physical process, even though it's purely mental that we're doing it. It's just fascinating, but it also shows you how powerful limiting beliefs are, how they kind of, you know, I'm not so clever, I'm not very good at talking, I'm not very funny, I'm not. These, These stories that we've told ourselves our whole lives that actually fundamentally affect the way we interact with the world they're just limiting beliefs and not truths
1: so and, and how much that affects and lives within the physical body so I had a thought there about the future um, and I bet one day will happen that we can be in somebody else's body and feel how it feels to in a body um, because the way that you think and the things that you express all become part of that system absolutely so it's gonna feel like so crazy in someone else's
0: body I, I do um, there's a trauma clearing exercise I do which takes 5-10 minutes max it's not um, a long thing but it's incredibly intense and at the end of it every client feels um, heavy light shaking you know there's some physical the first thing they notice is how they physically feel different and I'm like isn't that interesting because we've purely done something where I'm talking at you and you're doing something in your head and yet your first description of the effect of that is something incredibly physical and if you need evidence that our body holds on to our stuff I think there's a book called body keeps a score by Bessel van der Volk or something Um, you know your body holds on to this stuff it's remarkable because when you change your head and your body changes it's like fascinating but we underestimate Spirit. it massively.
1: Well, yeah, well, in our culture, we just don't talk about that, do we? We don't. And you're right, it's a cultural difference.
0: In other cultures, it's, it's kind of always one. And then you've got the spiritual level and all that sort of stuff and beliefs and things. Oh, God. That's I know, I know, I know. We, we probably should just, thing. you know, rather than blast through self-awareness too far. <laughs> or self.
1: It's super interesting about having this conversation with somebody, like some spiritual leader, mm. right? about where your consciousness meets the whole, like, spiritual thing. So this is all very like practical. practical, Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, So anybody listening who's very spiritual, feel free to let us know you can come and join us on our our podcast. sorry for our logic. (laughs) Feel free to have a say in the thing. Right, we're going to call it quits there. Thank you for listening. Hopefully it's been interesting, and hopefully you didn't all drop off when we started going too deep. We'll we'll see from the stats. See you later. Later. (laughs)